You're listening to Out Cold, a spooky anthology series. Put on your headphones and turn off the lights. Episode 3, Wild. Amanda knew her own strength. Her boss, Andrew, wrote in her performance review, Amanda is a walking exclamation point. Andrew listed it in the constructive feedback section, and Amanda felt like that had been a mistake. She did like to use exclamation points. She'd review an all-staff email announcing the layoffs in her department and add two more. We wish the best for Cecilia and Elise T. Keep them in your prayers and offer your best support to them. She knew her ability to see the good in everything was a gift to those around her. She knew it. If only her teenage girls could know it. When she tried to help them by scheduling their summers full of babysitting gigs and architecture firm tours, they rolled their eyes and furiously tapped on their phones. She didn't know how they typed that fast. She'd never learned to type. She was a Gen Xer and had missed that instruction. Or perhaps her elite private high school assumed they would have people to do that for them in their careers. So it was the hunt and peck method for Amanda. A motivational calendar hung above her computer and proclaimed, All roads lead to the outcome you're destined for. It bothered Amanda that the sentence ended in a dangling participle, but what could she do? She wasn't about to complain. If only her husband Jason could see it. He was spending more and more time in their garage, sanding down furniture and sanding down the curves of his brain with pulls of whiskey. He was supposedly selling the furniture on Facebook Marketplace, but Amanda had yet to see any of that cash hit their account. Maybe that's where he got the money for the whiskey. She'd reduced his monthly allowance once he'd gone full-time as a stay-at-home dad. What did he need it for, anyway? He sure didn't need to pollute his body with alcohol. He kept turning down her efforts to get him out for a bike ride with her. He just needed to get out of the house. That's all. Why couldn't he see that? If only her subordinates at work could see it. While they didn't roll their eyes like her daughters, they gave off that entitled millennial energy, the kind who objected to someone glancing at their boobs like it was some kind of big deal. Amanda had dealt with so much worse. She survived. She thrived. She didn't let the man get her down. One of those floozies had given her feedback in the company's 360-degree review process, where people could review their supervisors. One of them wrote that she had, quote, nervous bird energy, which she chose to take as a compliment. She loved birds. That's why she'd taken the initiative to start raising chickens. She'd purchased a small hobby farm four miles away from the suburb where they lived. She finally got Jason to put together a coop structure, although once in a while she had to pick up a stray whiskey bottle he'd placed in the rafters, but forgotten. Amanda poured the whiskey out into the prairie patch at the farm. From dust to dust, from fermented grain to prairie grain, she couldn't let her girls find the alcohol. Amanda was training for a marathon, and she didn't let anyone forget that it was for charity— One of those big brand, unclear impact ones with bright colors and competitive entry. She placed in the top 20 for her age, and she was proud of her body, even if Jason wasn't interested in it anymore. 
He liked her better pregnant, hormonal, round, and swollen. Fifteen years ago, she couldn't wait to be done with pregnancy. She wanted to fast forward. That's what she would tell herself during her long training runs, too. Fast forward. The training part wasn't what she liked. She liked the race, the exhilaration of beating 800 other women, the ones huffing and puffing at mile 20. She liked feeling better than them. When her ankle hurt, she pushed the feeling down. Fucking stop it, Amanda, you coward. Every one of these people you pass is another loser to you. One night in July, she was getting ready for her first long run of training season, an eight-miler. Jason was in the garage yet again, drinking whiskey and watching his stupid trail cam. Amanda lingered in the doorway to tell him she was leaving. I'm heading out for a run. For God's sakes, Jason, we have a hobby farm. It's not a real farm. I don't know why you're so obsessed with that trail cam thing. It's not like you're going to see a rhino or something. What she wanted to say was, what could possibly be more interesting on there than talking with me? Jason grunted, but didn't look her way. Amanda started the timer on her watch and began her route with an easy canter, headed toward their farm, which would mark the halfway point of her run tonight. She sipped some water from her bottle she now carried on her runs, a necessity ever since some recent incidents. On a few runs lately, she'd passed out and woken up in the grass. She hadn't told anyone because she didn't want to worry them, and she didn't want to have to stop training. She was fine. Fast forward. As she ran with her blonde ponytail swooshing to the beat coming through her earbuds, she thought about how good she must look. Tan thighs, bright tank top, running shorts showing off her toned legs. Jason and the girls are so lucky to have me, she thought. Amanda increased her pace, wanting to beat her last time. But something was off. She couldn't get into a groove. Around mile four, she felt faint and slowed her pace to a walk. The farm landscape lurched in her vision as if she was on a boat. She stumbled and fell to her knees. She was trying to focus on staying upright, but she was overcome with exhaustion and dizziness and a feeling she didn't allow herself much fear. Then, a curtain of black in her vision and memory. Jason stared at the trail cam. A scream, unlike anything he'd ever heard, had just burst from the speaker. Like a banshee, reverberating. He'd seen posts on Nextdoor about a local pack of coyotes who lured dogs to their death. He'd heard of mountain lions following a river on the hunt for food. But this sound had an unholy feel to it, like a demon possessing an animal. The animal screamed again, and this time the trail cam turned toward movement. He walked toward the camera and tried to get a closer look at the creature. In his drunken stupor, he pushed the zoom controls too many times, and all of a sudden, he was zoomed into a mass of fur. The creature shrieked again, 
and this time the fur pulsed with its anger. He zoomed out, and although the trail cam filmed in black and white, he could now see its mouth was covered in a dark liquid. Was it hurt, or had it killed something? Where was the blood coming from? The trail cam panned back and forth, attempting to sight the creature again, correcting for Jason's clumsy fingers at the controls. Amanda woke up on the gravel road that rimmed their farm. There was blood in her mouth. It tasted different, sweeter. Maybe it was the electrolyte gel packet she had downed halfway through the run. I'm willing my body into submission, she thought. I've got this. She looked down and paused. Her arms held red, stinging scratches, and her tank top was stained with blood. More had dripped out of her mouth than she'd initially realized. Shoot, she hoped her teeth were okay. She didn't want to have to replace her veneers. She also didn't want to have to call Jason for a ride home, but that was looking like the only option. Plus, she'd found the hobby farm gate open. Probably a neighbor out rubbernecking. But she didn't have a key, and she didn't want the animals to get out. Jason, pick up, she mumbled into her phone. He picked up after the fourth ring. Yeah? He sounded out of breath. Jason, I passed out on my run. I don't know what happened, but it, it must just be my low blood pressure, she chirped with pride. Anyway, I must have bit my tongue or something on the way down because my mouth is bleeding, she added. Amanda? He slurred. Shit, of course. He was drunk. Yes, it's Amanda. I need you to come out here, to the farm. Her voice grew louder and faster. You're at the farm? You have to get out of there. Yes, I know. I need you to pick me up. No, I mean I saw something out there on the trail cam. Yeah, right, Jason. You probably just imagined something. How much have you had to drink? No, Amanda, I saw it. I saw a coyote or something. It was screaming. You have to get out of there. Jason, get one of the girls. I know Marin just has her learner's permit, but I need a ride. Come with her, she yelled and ended the call. It was another 15 minutes before Jason and Marin pulled up in their Subaru. Marin was driving, white-knuckled, and Jason had fallen asleep in the passenger's seat. Amanda was nowhere in sight. Marin was pissed. First of all, her dad had interrupted her texting with Marcus, her biggest crush, to drive him to this stupid farm, and now he'd fallen asleep. She wished she could tell Marcus how annoying it was to drive your drunk dad places, but in their hurry, she'd left her phone at home. Dad, wake up, Marin said as she shook his arm. He winced before he opened his eyes. Oh, yeah, the farm, he said. Where's your mom? Beats me, I just pulled up. Just then, a scream pierced the sunset air. It sounded otherworldly. Jason and Marin whipped their heads toward one another. Dad, what was that? Marin asked, a tremble in her voice. I told your mom something was out here. Okay, sweetheart. 
Jason stopped before he opened the door, and his eyes moved past Marin and back, slow to track. Lock the doors. Turn the car around so we can get the hell out of here once I track down your mother. Dad, be careful, Marin pleaded. Despite her annoyance, she suddenly felt scared for his safety. Jason got out of the car and pulled the phone out of his pocket. He tried Amanda's number, and it went to voicemail after four rings. He wasn't sure he'd ever heard her voicemail message before, since it was so unlike her not to answer the phone. He walked through the open farm gate and toward the coop, where he thought Amanda would be, checking on the chickens. She loved those birds. He wished he had a flashlight and some bug spray. The mosquitoes were thick, and the light waned with each passing second. Next best thing, he thought, and reached inside his shirt to pull out his flask. Bingo. Now we're cooking with gas, he thought as he took a long pull. As Jason got closer to the coop, he saw a trail of blood on the ground. At first, he feared it was Amanda's blood. But then he saw feathers and fur accumulating along the blood trail. The scream, it must have been the animal attacking the coop. Damn it, he thought. Amanda will be so sad. The coop was in view now and the door stood open where it was usually shut to protect the chickens. Bird carcasses littered the doorway and the yard just outside the coop. Jason counted. At least eight dead, maybe more inside the coop. He took a pull from his flask. He was going to need it to face this carnage and then his wife. She was going to be so mad. Suddenly... Jason felt the hair on the back of his legs go on end. He had the feeling he was being watched. He slowly turned his head, and then his body followed, looking behind him from the direction of the gate. A gray animal emerged from a pathway about 50 feet away, blood trailing down its jaw. It crept low to the ground and moved slowly, as if it was stalking its prey. He lowered his flask, dropped it to the ground. As the animal approached, Jason could see its fur glimmer with blood, and it growled as it glanced toward the flask. Okay, easy, buddy, Jason pleaded. I'll leave you to your chickens. Just let me out of here. He didn't know how he would escape with the creature in between the gate and his body. He was trapped. Twenty feet away, then ten. Jason could smell the beast now. A metallic, acrid scent of sweat and struggle and blood. It let out a blood-curdling scream and pounced on Jason, its powerful claws sinking into his chest. He screamed just like the beast, and it seemed to startle the animal backward enough for him to get on his feet. Blood roared into Jason's ears, and for a moment, he froze. What was this strange beast, and how could he get away from it? As he got up, he reached for his flask and whipped it toward the creature, missing its body. He crept to the side, making a half-circle attempt to leave, blood coursing loudly through his veins. 
The creature whined. Jason shook his head in shock. What the hell was this thing? And where was his wife? He noticed a white piece of plastic in the creature's ear. A tag from the Conservation Corps, he wondered? No. It, it couldn't be. But, but it was. A white earbud. Jason panted. His hands went to his chest where the creature's claws had pierced the skin. The punctures oozed blood. Are you... He started and shook his head, trying to clear his confusion. The creature ducked its head and whined again. Was it... sorry? Surely it couldn't be... The creature stood facing him, this time with its back to the chicken carnage. Its eyes lowered, head still ducked. With a final glance back at him, she turned and loped away. Jason turned toward the gate and ran, tears leaving his face sideways as the wind pushed them back. His chest burned and his legs caught fire, but he let them propel him forward, stumbling toward the gate. At the break in the fence line, he hesitated and looked back. He could no longer see the creature or the chicken coop. Dad, Marin yelled through the window. Dad, get in! I heard the scream again! As Jason tumbled into the car, Marin saw the wounds on his chest. Dad, are you okay? What happened out there? Where's Mom? I... I I don't know, honey. But we have to leave. We have to go. That creature is loose, and she... It's... A wild animal. was written and read by Amelia Caldwell. Editorial support by me, Sophie Nikitas. Music by Blue Dot Sessions, Randy Dever, and Anna Van Seiss. Additional audio from freesound.org and splice.com. Series art by James Napoli. Special thanks to Miguel Vargas, Nora Doherty, Wildlife Grove, Katie Thornton, Softcult Studio, and the Coven co-working space. This show was recorded at the studios of KFAI Fresh Air Community Radio in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as well as the closets, bedrooms, and home offices of our cast. Out Cold is created and produced by Sophie Nikitas and Julie Sansulo. More episodes are coming soon, so make sure you're subscribed. <laughs>